What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. They believe in what we're doing. They support us. I'm grateful for that. And you can help to support us by shopping with them. Ask me if you have any questions about any of their flavors. Check out the Team Skip Protein Blend. Guy I know put that together. It's pretty good. Also, we're brought to you by uh, supplementsource.ca. For those of you in Canada, you can help, still help to support our programming by shopping with them. A lot of really good deals there, top, top name brand supplements, and a lot of like closeouts, blowouts, all that stuff. So check them out, plus get your ephedrine. We're also brought to you by you guys, the people at Patreon. And by the way, uh, if you are a Patreon member, Head on over there, check it out because I'm getting ready to do uh, just like a, a like a, a Q and A on my own. I'm gonna do like just a hangout live stream, and I want to try to get as many of you guys there as possible. It's gonna be some fun, uh, and of course, uh, we appreciate everybody's support through that and everything else, uh, guys, gentlemen. We got a bunch of questions, and we also skip for the last for the last like month or two. He's been wanting to talk about peanuts, so we're gonna talk about peanuts tonight. And uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Andrew, you had a topic uh, that that you wanted to bring to us. One of your clients uh, had mentioned something to you that brought out an idea of of. Um, uh, let me just let you take it. What was what was the, first of all the message he sent you? The message. Let me read it. Yeah. Um, now that I put so him I on the spot, he didn't know we we're going to jump. Yeah. Right well, into just this. so I don't so I don't jumble it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, like I sent to you, something my client said his in his email, and this was a direct quote, I feel like a lot of this is learning my body and bodybuilding in my 30s versus my 20s. And I, th I just kind of got the bells ringing in my head about how maybe our approaches, maybe, you know, what approaches to diet, drugs, cardio, uh, recovery, sleep, all of that, maybe how it's changed from when you're 20s to 30s. and. and or, or older even, you know, um, I started thinking in myself, like some of the exercises that I just don't do anymore. Hmm. I uh, started thinking about my appetite from how, how that's changed over the years. Um, I thought about how my attack of health supplements, sleep, rest, recovery, you know, how that's changed, you know, in comparison, like in your twenties, you could stay out late until two in the morning and still make a, you know, nine o'clock workout with your buddies and go trash legs or something like that. And mm -hmm. you'll deal with it later on, you know, yeah. whereas in your thirties, forties, you're, you're really thinking like, okay, I got legs tomorrow. I need to do this tonight. And then I need to spend time tomorrow, you know, rolling out all that other stuff that you do to, to get your body ready. Yeah. And I need this amount of time for recovery. Just all those little things, you know, that, um, that have, that have, you're more, I guess, cognizant of in, in your thirties and forties. And versus when you're 20. Okay. Skip, can you think of anything offhand that, that you would say has evolved, like a definitive difference than than years back? Well, Mama always said that if you do something long enough, eventually you'll get good at it. And I think that when you're in your 20s, you get away with things, you're making good progress, huh. things are going okay. But, you know, I always, I look back myself on my 20s and everybody can think that that, you know, was back in the you know, nineties or something. Cause it was, <laughs> weren't you, weren't you but, like a, an all-star pro or something back like a popular pro in the nineties. Wasn't that you? <laughs> Do you remember we had somebody say so. that <laughs> that skip guy, oh, was he like a famous remember. pro from the nineties or something? <laughs> he must be cause he's old and he's on the podcast. So he has to have done something. No, I, I wasn't <laughs> for the record. Look, we're going to say he is, is from now on. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> don't cut yourself short, though, Skip, because honestly, I think you influence a lot more people yeah. than you you even give yourself credit for. I would agree. With approaches to diet, approaches to training. Uh, I mean, I can speak, and I know a lot of my friends that are my age, intense muscle was like the place to go. You know, intense muscle, professional muscle, muscle mayhem. Those were like the three boards I went to. And I probably spent two and a half hours a day on there just Mm. soaking stuff up. And maybe you didn't post every single thing, but it was your idea to put that together that brought the collection of knowledge that I think fueled a lot of what coaches and athletes are doing today. So I just wanted to give you that credit for sure. I appreciate that. For what it's worth, I missed the boards in just insanely bad because <laughs> it was just a, a different time. There was a lot more knowledge and a lot more debate. Uh, now it's yep. just a giant echo chamber on social media. But anyway, um, I think what happens is in, in your inner twenties uh, and, and I can say this cause this is how I approached it when I was in my twenties, there seems to be a lot of chaos versus thirties, forties, like the older you get, yeah. your life becomes more routine and more structured, especially when you're already that type of person anyway. And there's look, if you're a bodybuilder and you're even moderately good at it, you probably are a person who thrives on structure and routine. You like the same shit over and over because that's what keeps us going and keeps us in this game for a long time. Yep. So I think that in our 20s, I remember it as kind of chaotic. And, and this is just my situation. But, you know, I had young kids uh, paycheck to paycheck. Mm. You know, you make your moves typically when you're younger. So we moved from Michigan to Colorado. And, you know, people tend to once you get into your 30s, you're kind of getting grounded. You're getting roots a little bit. You're not as likely to make big changes and and move. And you you know you have kids that are getting older, things like that. The routine and with with myself, uh, my specifically for myself because of the kids, that also kind of pushed me to be even more structured because with kids and raising kids, you have to be in a routine anyway, whether you're a bodybuilder or you're doing anything that <laughs> requires structure or not. So it allowed me to as I got into my thirties, kind of get into that routine and that just that constant structure. And the older I get, <laughs> I don't want to say the worse it gets. Cause to me, it's the better, the better it is. But now that the kids are gone, my wife goes crazy because she wants to do fun shit. And I'm sitting here going, I just want to eat my meals and go to the fucking gym at the same time and do my walk at midnight. Like I always do. And it's not terribly exciting to her. So I think the older we get, the more structure there is and the more we thrive on that structure and everything becomes kind of routine. Yeah, I could see that. I'd agree with it 100% as a matter of fact. I can think of clients I have that are still, you know, and it's kind of like I feel like a dad figure to some of my clients when when they go through certain things and I can see it. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good for your bodybuilding. You know what I mean? Right. Like life things. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, you get it from your 20 year old friends or 20 year old clients that, <clears throat> you know, they tend to go out and they want to play basketball. And you're like, <laughs> dude, your first my first reaction is you're going to blow out a. Yeah. You know, your your knee or some shit. Don't do anything that's lateral like that. You need to start moving forward and backwards, and that's it in a linear fashion mm-hmm. so that yeah. you don't injure yourself. Or drinking. Drinking is another. I haven't drank. Yeah. I haven't had a drink in 12 years. It isn't because Damn. I am sober. My, my friends who are sober, I give them credit because they were in a bad situation, and they realized that they needed to gain control, and they're sober. I just feel like death when I drink, so I didn't want to drink for six months. I turned into two years. I turned into five years, and now I'm like, what the fuck would I want to have a drink now for? I've got 12 years under my belt. Yeah. So I think when we're younger, we tend to drink more, which doesn't mean that older people don't drink. 
But I have found more clients and more friends over the years. They tend to fall away from that. And even if they still do drink, they don't drink like they did when they were in their 20s. Right. Sleep yeah. is another good example. You tend to get more sleep as you get older because you're like, you know what? Fuck yeah. it. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. That's funny. Mm-hmm. We just got a comment here. This is one of my clients. He says, that's crazy. I just did, did legs. I'm nodding off over here. I'm 24 <laughs> and I can't get away with well, shitty sleep. 30s are going to suck. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me, let me add a rebuttal. Let me add a rebuttal to that because now I feel like there, you know podcasts like ours, Instagram posts, there's so much knowledge about and so much information out there about why you need this or why you need that. Yeah. So I think like, for instance, I think I would be saying the same thing when I was his age, if I grew up in time, the, today's time period, you know what I mean? Like right. with the awareness of, Hey, there's a, there's a direct correlation between the amount of quality sleep hours you get and mm-hmm. your yeah. production in the gym or, you know, some other factor, some other variable. So I do think now like these guys get the benefit of, I think that's why you're seeing so many good bodybuilders now, like huh. the straight numbers of them, the overall, yeah. maybe you can argue that like, we're never going to get the nineties, early two thousands, Jay, Ronnie, you know, Sean, all those guys back at the same, you know, that, that was just a, a, a collection of non non-mortal just you know <laughs> gifts from the gods in terms yeah. of the bodybuilding mm-hmm. world that all happened to coalesce at the same time period you know we got pieces of that here and there you know every few years but um we have some really good people across the board i think that's what you're absolutely getting at. yeah We're, we have we and there's the sheer number of good quality across yeah the has gone up mm-hmm. because back then you know, I can think when I was, you know, maybe 18, 17 years old, I could name, you know, maybe 10 really good bodybuilders. Well, right now, if I got out a piece of paper, I can start writing down probably 50 or 60 You're probably or 100, right. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm friends with them on Instagram, you know, right. it's like, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, I think the knowledge that, you know, podcasts like us and, and, you know, other people that have put out just such great information that they're now more aware of these things that they need to do to get better. And, and you know, too, right. I think that they're, they're open-minded because the people who want to really make progress, they're open-minded. And, and I, I'm sure you guys have done the same. If I see somebody who maybe isn't doing everything they could, and it is one of those things where it's like, well, you know, you're a little bit, it, I don't want to use the word immature, but you know what I'm getting at? You're younger. You're not as focused yet. Sometimes the way that focus develops is by, by seeing the results, you know, and I say, Hey, in in fact, I think I said it just this past week, let's focus on this. Let's focus on getting as much quality sleep as you can. Like let's, she, she was not getting good sleep. This girl has freaky genetics too. I was like, Hey, let's focus on getting seven hours this, this week, you know, and try to unplug before that, make sure you get your hydration in, make sure you get your sodium in with all your meals. And then Pay attention. This is the thing. Her workouts were kind of suffering. She was like, my workouts haven't been as good this week. I don't know why. I mean, there's no reason nutritionally it should be that way. We're growing. Uh, And I said, you know, focus on these things, the sleep, the water, because that was suffering as well. Mm -hmm. Those two things were suffering. And I said, and be consistent with your uh, sodium and, you you know, your your electrolytes. And then watch Mm -hmm. how your workouts go this week. So that was her job to do those things. And you'll, you'll see the results. You know what I'm saying? Because if you have shitty sleep, shitty hydration, and you're not really consistent with your your uh, you know sodium intake, then your workouts are probably going to be all over the board. But I bet you she's going to come back after, at her next check-in, and she's going to be like, hey, I had really good workouts you know, consistently. And that's the kind of thing where once you have that, it's hard to not do it. You know what I mean? Once you have that, if yeah. you love the results, if you love bodybuilding, then you're like, okay, yeah, I need to keep doing this. 
a, a big one I can think of that, you know, when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, 22, whatever, you, you couldn't tell me to take a day off if I had it. Yeah. Oh, God. My plan. Yeah. Like, like, and sometimes double workouts in the same day, just, you know, because you get that obsessive compulsive nature that working nope. out's good for your muscles. You're going to grow. If you do it more, you're going to grow more. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is, is not a big deal for me to tell my training partners to text and be like, Hey guys, you know what? Today's not the day for me. You guys go do your thing. I, I might go tomorrow or I might just skip this body part and I'll, I'll meet up with you guys on the next day. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just having that foresight. Of, I can think of, man, we used to beat the shit out of our legs on Friday night yeah. and I would, I'd be okay Saturday, but then Sunday would come around and Monday would get worse. Tuesday would be the peak of it. Wednesday, Thursday, but I would still be sore sometimes on Friday, my legs. I would still train them because it was Friday and we were training. Of course. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas today, like if a client said that to me, I'm like, no, you idiot. Like you don't train a muscle that's still <laughs> sore like that. Like, like, you know, you might tell someone to go and do a couple of leg extensions. Just get some, move some blood around just to, um, you know, get, get some, um, foster some recovery. But like, I would still try to do, you know, the same leg press squats, hack squats, lunges, all the same shit. And it's like, you probably held yourself back, you know, inches on your legs in those early years because of that. Sure. I know I did. I know I did for sure. Well, it takes a long time too to gain the experience and enough workouts to know, okay, just because I can't finish everything because I have destroyed my legs isn't necessarily a bad thing. I got more work done in less time. It's time for me to leave versus I have to get this done. Like Mm -hmm. I need to still do hacks or I still need to do the RDLs and you end up injured. In my early 20s, I would gauge whether my progress, this is how warped the brain, you know, how you process things sometimes. If I didn't miss a workout for four months, I was proud of myself. (laughs) Of course. Which is stupid when you think, I mean, I would literally, I remember being uh, a teenager and I understand that, you know, we're going back a little bit further, but I started when I was 14. So by the time I was 18, I still, I had four, four and a half years of training and I had learned quite a bit in that amount of time because I was trying to soak up as much information as I possibly could, nutrition, training, everything else. I would have a, there's a Detroit Lions. How's that, Scott? Detroit Lions poster that was a calendar. Okay. And I would put an X on every day that I trained. And I went like six or seven months without missing. I was on a three-on-one-off because that was in the 80s, the Lee Haney Mm -hmm. time, three-on-one-off rotation. But I wasn't, I couldn't press overhead more than like, 85 95 pounds but you did it often. my shoulders hurt so bad <laughs> but i just had to get them done if yeah. i got them done that was a good workout you, you know so what's I funny is if you would have talked to lee if you would have talked to lee he'd have been like oh dude that's just for flex magazine i, I train like three days a week in the off season yeah. or, or <laughs> i train when i feel good i don't i'm not gonna push it you know what i mean you know what Let's i say um you're you're annihilating you're supposed to just stimulate. yes that's as far true. as as far as like the <laughs> dialing like, back oh, okay or knowing to take time off. I just talked to a guy today who was getting ready to go on a vacation and he's in a great spot to be able to, you know, relax a little bit, you know? And, and I think that a mistake I maybe had made in the past was being too regimented for that vacation and having that get in the way. Like I'm all for bringing your meals with you and I'm all for staying on track. But if that Mm -hmm. were to get in the way of say a family event or, you know, something that you could have done and you're like, no, I can't do that because I have to go eat this meal. Like if that, if it comes down to that, then you figure something else out and you make the event work. Because I think that what ends up happening is it's the guys that don't do that, that 10 years down the road, 
are resentful because they're you know they gave so much to bodybuilding and they say hey it's not giving what I it's not giving back to me what I put into it you know and I think that mm-hmm. early on we we in my I can't say I won't say we I'll speak for myself early on I didn't know that I could do that and still be just as good in fact right. I thought like you know what I, I need to be a hundred percent robot all every day no matter what. And you know what? People around me, the people that love me, they like put up with it, but it, it just, it didn't have to be that way, you know? So I'd say yeah. no well, you one can does. get divorced doing that. Yeah. And you can yeah. end up seeing your kids every, every other weekend. I mean, you have to, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I mean, no, really, I know, it, I know. I've, I've seen it's, it. And in the sport, how many times have we seen it where you'll see a competitor show up, you know, and I, I remember that. I'll never forget this. Junior USA is in 2009. I know that sounds like forever ago because it was. But the guy who was going to win the light heavies, and he was clearly a winner. And I can't think of the guy's name, but I'm kind of glad because I don't want to throw him under the bus. But I remember thinking to myself, God, man, I wish I had genetics like that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And he wasn't shredded or anything. He was just so good, kind of like Phil Heath in 2003, 2004, where he just shows up and whips everybody's ass. And he's not terribly lean, but he looks fucking crazy. That was this guy. But you know what? I overheard him say to his friend, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent when I get back. I spent all my money on this show. Mm. And I literally turned around and smiled to myself, and I was mildly emotional because – I'm thinking of my fucking kids who were there, my wife and how great, you know, my relationship and my family and my kids are. And I'm like, you know what? I can't even fucking I'm almost embarrassed that I thought, God, I wish I had his genetics. When in reality, he probably wishes he had the family life that I do. But his ass is fucking broken. Don't know how he's going to pay rent. It just blew my it didn't blow my mind. It put things in perspective for me. Not that they weren't in perspective, but every now and then our brain kind of slips off and it has to be pulled back. And you got to go. Yeah, I got it pretty good, even though I'm going to get my ass whooped. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's a good topic. Because at the end of the day, who's going to remember exactly where you placed in 2009 you know what i mean sure. they're yeah. gonna remember that Me. you're a great bodybuilder <laughs> you're a good body that you're a good bodybuilder yeah. you're a great bodybuilder coach you got a family your kids are gonna remember that they're gonna yeah. remember you included them in your bodybuilding you know what i mean the stuff that's really gonna matter no one's really gonna care about the the, the little details. you know what i remember you know? about it i gotta tell you this just because it's funny i remember going to the show because i thought God, the guy who took second last year, I beat him three times. I'll at least be competitive. No, different lineup. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, I was fighting. I'm like, oh, my God. It was, it was funny, too, because I came out first, and my friends were like, God damn, you know, you look great when you came out. And then everybody else came out, and we thought it was a different weight class. I'm like, fuck you. Are you he goes, yeah. That's he goes, the yeah, worst you just thing to tell somebody. Oh, yeah. my God. But they were being That's honest. Kind of, uh... I mean, at least they were shooting straight. But they were like, literally, you look great. And then we saw everybody else come out, and they look like they outweighed you by 25 pounds. I'm like, oh, my God. This is horrible. It kind of reminds me of uh, Shelby oh, telling me the story about when he got his pro card. Uh, you know, he they, they had just created the Masters Nationals. Yeah. Um, Gary Uta had just created it. And it, it wasn't really being advertised. And John had called up Shelby because they had competed together for a few times before that. He's like, Shelby, this, they started this master's class. Like, I remember it's that. Like a, it's in Pittsburgh at the Masters Nationals. And they haven't really advertised it anywhere. This is before Instagram really was a thing, right? So yeah. it wasn't popped up everywhere. So Shelby was telling me he was just praying that none of the really good guys that had beaten him in classes the year before had access to that knowledge that there was a master's 35-plus class going on in Pittsburgh that year. Yeah. And he said that. He was like, years later, he was like, I couldn't have probably done that again. 
you know i mean he ended up growing a lot after that but the reality is he was like i don't know if i could have done that again you know actually he didn't say i don't know he was like i wouldn't have been able to do that the following year but he's also very humble you know very humble yeah all right let's good when he competed as a pro yeah, he did. He did. Let's move on to uh, Skip's topic. And then we have a, uh, a whole uh, load of questions from uh, you guys. But Skip, let me paraphrase what Scott is saying for the listeners. Let's go to your topic, Skip, but let's be fucking quick because we have a lot of questions. So. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> we have worked together a long time. I know exactly what you're saying. We have we have ten minutes. Here's the thing: if we're to do, here's my brain is constantly thinking as we're doing these shows, and I'm like looking for the the tagline. And uh, if if I do a tagline that's like blood, sweat, and gear, things you didn't know about peanuts. That's we, I don't have a crickets thing, but I would get, get eating. Uh, peanut butter off of the shelf at Target. That's a long tagline. Forget it. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> it's tough. This See, here's hard. Here's here's how this came up. It came up because Scott Stevenson uh, posted a study or discussed a study on Muscle Minds about how they did a study that people who ate nut butters versus people who ate just regular nuts, the people who ate the nut butter yeah did not lose very much weight or they actually gained a little bit of body fat it was something to that effect versus eating nuts so i just when i heard that i'm like oh my god i gotta call scott because i've had this idea about nut butters for long and i'm so excited about this topic too because i think it'll help people and because i was right which is important so i was thinking man i gotta call scott because i've got this idea and this is probably why People gain more weight. So I called Scott and I'm talking to him about it. And he explained it to me and it wasn't anything like that. It was just oh. that people <laughs> ate nuts. Part of the nuts, there's a part of the nuts when you chew them that aren't digested and they, they're not assimilated, the nutrients, because they're just not, you don't grind them up enough. You don't eat like if you do you, with nut butter. So If you don't know what he's talking about, eat a bunch of peanuts and then tomorrow look in the toilet. Exactly. Or you may not even see them, but they're there because there's some parts that were undigested. So here's my theory for like years. And Scott backed this up because I knew it was right. Here's what you do. (laughs) Go to Target and buy their awesome, crunchy almond uh, peanut or almond butter. Okay. Okay. And then go to Whole Foods and grind you know, they have the grinders that you put the cup underneath, yeah. you push the machine, and it literally just grinds almonds into almond butter. Yeah. Okay? They're supposed to be exactly the same. Here's what you do. You come home, you won't be able to stir up the Whole Foods almond butter because yeah. it's thick as fuck. Yeah, it's but good But you have too. to stir up your, your almond butter, and this is the same with peanut butter, and cashew butter is horrible. It's even worse. But I'll get to that in a second. You, so what you do is you stir up the almond butter, and then you you literally take both jars and you dump them out, like turn them over, like to spill them, let them run out, Into and what? watch how the Whole Foods on your fucking counter. It doesn't matter on the floor, okay. on your bed, in a bowl, on your bed. <laughs> in a bowl. Yeah, we'll, we'll use a bowl. A saucer. Or a plate. Thank you. And what will happen is the Whole Foods almond butter won't even fucking move. But you will be able to dump out at least, it will literally run out like melted ice cream. You'll be able to dump out at least half of the container of the almond butter. And the reason is, is because they add oil to the almond butter. 
I'm going to argue this one. And they, it's, it's even worse with cashew butter because that runs out and it's damn near. I've done this. I should well, have videoed let, it. Let me ask you this. What I would like to see, Skip, is for you to take the almond butter from Whole Foods or wherever you make it yourself. Put that into a jar. Seal it up. Here it is right here. Okay. okay? Now, I literally have Now, it hold, right on, hold on. Hold on. Now leave that jar. Leave that jar full and sealed for the next three months to six months, and let's see what happens. I think this this is my theory because I've gotten bad, uh, uh, old. Like I made the mistake. Here's one thing you don't want to do: you don't want to go to the store and see that they have clearance uh, natural peanut butter because it'll be even worse. And that settles down, and it's like a motherfucking rock, and the oil mm-hmm. separates from it. I just sure. have a theory. I don't know, but I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to add a little drama to the show. So go with me here, Skip. I th- I think you're completely wrong. No. I, I appreciate that you do because <laughs> I'm going to prove you wrong here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want you but to. Go ahead. Uh, okay. But yeah, I just thought that, you know, does it, does it separate? That would be where my brain goes. I'm asking the question. It will separate well, a little bit, but here's the difference. They add oil. Yes. It says yeah, on absolutely. the It does? They add okay. oil. Okay. Yeah. Listen, and here's why. When I buy. It's the same. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, when I go to buy peanut butter, I want to see just peanuts and salt. Yes. That's, I will not buy it exactly. unless it just says that. if they Because you'll see they put palm oil in there. Yes. They put some, yep. some of them put sunflower, sunflower oil. And, and some they still write natural. Put, some of them even put, well, this is how they get away with the natural. They Some of them take extra peanut oil and they add it oh. to the peanut butter. To, right. to both your points. Though. Which is more expensive because they usually don't even do that. <laughs> But they, that's a but good point. I think Here's because the it adds a more pleasant, um, yeah, whatever sure. consistency, right? And you like. can mix it up better because it's a bitch to mix up. If you get peanut butter that is separated, it's like a rock trying to get. It takes forever to get it done, get it like mixed up and and the same consistency throughout to get the oil through all of every. But with the yeah. cashew butter and the almond butter, it's even worse. That's why they add the oil to it. So it's easier to mix up, but here's the catch. And this is what pisses me off about the whole thing. And this mm-hmm. comes back to the issue with Scott Stevenson, when he was saying that that study showed that people who ate nut butter gained more weight or didn't lose as much body fat as the people who ate the nuts. They aren't putting the added fat on the fucking label. You can look at the label and the label on the almond almond um, butter and the cashew butter is exactly the same as the serving size for almonds yeah. and for yeah. cashews. And that is totally fucked up and not fair. So what you're doing is this. You're getting so much more fat than you think in these commercially jarred or packaged almond butter, probably peanut butter too, but nonetheless, I've noticed it more in the almond butter and the cashew butter because they're thicker they would be a bitch to mix up because they would separate a little bit and it would just be like trying to stir up cement and they add the the oil and the fat so by the bottom line is this if you're trying to get lean you're probably going to be better off getting your peanut butter almond butter cashew butter from whole foods by grinding it than buying it commercially off a shelf at Target or Publix or Safeway or wherever the hell you shop because those commercial brands have added fat in it and they don't count it on the label. And that's totally fucked up and not fair. So this is a conspiracy now. That's where we're going with this is what it sounds like. <laughs> but it's there. I'm Check your label. My, uh, I'm telling you. I'm going to have to look at my last progress picks from my contest prep because I was using Teddy's, which is a commercial brand. I'm just fucking. <laughs> well, I, no, he, hey, I'll tell you, 
here that's a good point because i will tell you this if you're going to um because i don't want to i don't want the listeners to misunderstand this if you're going to use a commercial brand and you're going to use it consistently the whole time as your fat source that's cool because over time you're going to decrease that Yep. It's not that it won't work. You'll decrease the amount of fat you're taking because you'll go from two tablespoons to one tablespoon. But what I'm saying yeah. is that one tablespoon has more. significantly more fat in it than a regular tablespoon of just crushed and ground nuts from like Whole Foods. You can get, I think you can do it at Trader Joe's too and other places. But I say Whole Foods because that's where I fucking go to shop. So you have to be careful now too. That you know we were talking about like thinking about our bodybuilding in the past compared to now. That if you look at the selection of peanut butter at the regular grocery store, it is a lot greater than it used to be. Now you have like yeah. 10 different varieties of natural, yep. although this natural mm -hmm. one has honey added to it. And this natural yeah. one, they all, or, you know, a lot of these things. Teen sugar. Yes. Yes. It <laughs> is natural. That's technically. Natural. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, I'm going to move on here. We got a bunch of stuff. That was a good topic, Skip. And I'm going to put that Skip under conspiracy. Skip got taller while he was going over that, and I got short. I got excited. Did you? you I started that? sweating, yeah. so I had to sit up. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I was right. sweating on my back through my sweatshirt. All right. Let's get into some steroids. Uh, this question says, um, okay. Oh, no. Yeah, this is steroids. Okay. Uh, strategies uh, regarding cycles for strongman. The first cycle I hear for strongman, uh, the first for strongman was one cc test, one cc eq, one cc deca three times a week. Um, when people take talk in cc's, I'm always makes me laugh. Uh, other people run normal dosage in a big break the last week with rough compounds like Tren, Ment, Androl. Yeah, I was going with that too, but I figured everybody else would read it when they saw it. I don't What's know, that? maybe not. <laughs> you, you didn't say peak. Yeah, it was big peak. You said break. Like like I I, I when you said it, I thought you said break. Oh, he said peak. Tell me that they, oh, thank you. Yes. Peak. Yeah, that's important. Uh don't stop your drugs the week of the show. Right. Going into going into the show basically with trend meant I'm having a hard time with this one. There's a lot of weird language in there. Anadrol Halo. Uh what are your thoughts on it? Also, we usually have a big season uh April through October uh with a provincial and a national competition. Do you think it is better to run all season with moderate dosages and increase the dosage throw through the season um, or doing a few weeks on take a break and finish with a cycle for the end of season. Finally, do you have some advice for an off season cycle? So he's got a long on season. He's going from April through October. How would you handle the on season portion? Let's, let's maybe focus on that. That'd be a long time to, to be on heavy gear the whole time, right? Yeah. This is a strength I mean, I, situation. Honestly, it's not in my wheelhouse. I, and that's a long season. I would guess to go stronger with the heavier, I don't want to say more harsh compound, but the ment and stuff like that. I can see where that could be beneficial. Your anadrol and you know, your strong, less shit. I'd even go, I mean, I hate to say it, but <laughs> to suspension, you're faster, powerful, aggressive want to rip someone's head off and stab them with a knife and chop their head off with an ax type compounds, but going the whole year, man, that's a tough one. And I, I just, I, the strongman thing is I'm not, I'm not, I'm not real sure about that one. Do you have some thoughts, Andrew? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think I think you got to look at it the same way we look at a lot of things in bodybuilding. Like for instance, a lot of us will use much lower lower doses of stuff, TRT plus call it in our off seasons where we should be getting stronger anyway. We're letting the food dictate, yeah. you know, a lot of our body's changes. Um, and then saving the heavy stuff for like that last 10, 12 weeks, maybe the same way we would start layering some other compounds in leading to a contest prep. Now I'm saying that as someone who's only helped people, you know, compete in strongman, never done it myself, but I personally would never tell someone, and I wouldn't do this myself. I would not stay on, 750 to 1,000 milligrams of test, DECA, and EQ for the whole year, and right. then just layer in the ment and the other stuff, you know, leading into the show. I would try to, I would try to find where, the, and I've done this with, with guys that compete in Strongman, find that, you know, three, four month of time leading, you know, 10 to 12 weeks before your event and stay fairly clean, get healthy, but, and let the food dictate what you're doing. Now, the only issue they run into is a lot of them have weight classes that, hmm. You know, and these guys, you want to talk about learning how to drop, drop weight quickly. Some of these guys can drop 30 pounds in two days. With, hmm. You know, you, you think we're bad with diuretics? Like, I think some of the strong men might be worse than we are, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you. Like, and it's so funny because literally as you were texting that or telling us that, I got a text message from a really good strong man competitor in our state. Um, I think he's got something like an 850, 900 deadlift or something like that. Okay. Um, asking a question similar about running trend and deca together at the same time but hmm. but anyway you know i would absolutely like i said i would like i would really only run the heavy hard stuff 12 weeks before the event i would try to cruise on you know 250 300 test maybe a little bit of deca in there in in, in that time period as well um but I would let the food dictate and then I would, I would throw in the cycle that he talked about 10 to 12 weeks before. And then four weeks before I would throw in the halo, the ment and all that yeah. other stuff. But man, I would be very careful about your blood pressure. I'd be very careful yeah. about, you know, seeing your cholesterol, your HDL dip to like, you know, sub teen levels, you know? Yeah. If you're a strong man, call on Andrew. Do not call on me because it's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that though that like you were saying, Andrew, there is something to be said about the way we look at it in bodybuilding. That I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, we want to try to use the least amount to get the best results. Yes, I, and, and I would think that the off season would almost be your opportunity for downtime because you have such mm -hmm. a long on season. You know, that'd mm -hmm. be that'd be tough. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, like at least in bodybuilding and I would assume strongmen too, like you don't want to be able to do this once in your career. You want to be able to repeat yeah. this. And, and I can tell you right now, the strategy of staying on heavy, heavy, heavy doses for a year straight. Well, what are you going to do the second year? Are you just going to not compete? Or are you, cause you're probably going to get good. You're going to hit some numbers. You're going to be invited to other competitions. So what are you going to do that second year? So I think as much as you can get done quote unquote naturally or, or you know, TRT plus levels in terms of, you know, the bulk of the off season and then throw that shit in, you know, to really give you that boost towards the end when your training cycle really picks up. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. And I do think like 12, 16 weeks going in, that would be, yeah. and, 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 and you're saying too, just to make sure that we're completely clear, you're not talking about, like you said, you're not talking about the trend for 12, 16 weeks or no, no, no. you know, that's, that's right. that, that heavier hitting stuff. I think that some of those guys from what I've seen, 
that and powerlifting both. Like we we get abusive in bodybuilding with gear, especially when it comes <laughs> close to a show. Those guys get pretty incredible with with gear intake. Yep. I've seen like how much and how much anadrol do I so have left? Well, I was going to say because there is some component of while the gear is going up, we're making ourselves more unhealthy. But as the cardio goes up and as we get leaner, mm. we're kind of put. I'm not saying it makes it equals one for one. Yeah, but I'm saying there is a, a slightly more beneficial effect than being a mm. big fat guy, for lack of better strongman terms, and running high gear. Yeah. Long periods of time, you know what I mean. Like I just think, um, I just don't want people to see people hurt themselves. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, we've we've seen enough of that the last couple of years. I like that hoodie, Skip. That's nice. Yeah, see that. Skip. My black. Was, yeah. Oh my, Skip. Yeah, Everyone I like should that. Have um, shirts with their name on it. <laughs> I feel like send me mine. All right. It's got Let's intense see. muscle on the back too. If it matters. oh, you're kidding me. You oh, should dude, do, really? dude, are you going to do legacy? Have, yeah. the, is that like a run of, can you say it? Yeah. Oh my God. Was that like a single run or are those available? No, I did a single run a few years ago. I just probably have, I don't know, four or five of them, <laughs> but do you have any, uh, four you don't, XLs you don't want the ones XLs? I've worn. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you got any yeah, three not, or four I XLs? only wear a two X and you can tell that they're kind of, kind of big and baggy on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It says, uh, hello, Scott. Hope you're doing well. Got a question which relates to something you guys talked about on the latest Blood, Sweat, and Gear. By the way, this is from Patreon. Thank you guys very much uh, for supporting the show. Uh, brought, Let's see. Skip brought up Masteron uh, when talking about underrated steroids and said it could uh, be a great addition to TRT. My question is, what other benefits could be seen from Masteron when it's uh, when speaking in terms of a TRT dose, other than lowering SHBG, which Skip mentions, and also uh, what is a good ratio of test to Masteron for TRT? Thanks, love the shows, and also we got a ton of feedback on that. A lot of people interested in this topic. Oh yeah. Uh, is my mic live? It feels like it's not. What? You're good. You can hear me, right? Wait. Can you hear Skip? Ah, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, nice try, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Andrew. No, I, um, you know, I, I mean, we talked about dosage. I think it, I did a little bit. I was going 100 to 50, so 200 to 100. I don't know that it, the Masteron needs to be that high. You know, it's funny, too, because I can't argue against Andrew's um, – I think he went with Proviron. It, it, it could be that that is that might be a little bit better move there because at least with Proviron, you know, you brought up a good point too about the, um, you know, Master Scott, you did about Masteron um, and the Proviron not having the uh, the impact that the Masteron did. I can't remember exactly what it was you said exactly, but the, you can take Proviron pretty much i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you can pretty much take it and there's like nothing like no there's, it's a pretty innocuous yeah it's a pretty yeah, innocuous yeah. compound so now i'm not going against the master i still think the master is, is underrated but i have to admit that the proviron is a pretty damn good idea it might even be slightly better than master but master is less expensive and easier to get because proviron is relatively expensive and not I don't know that everybody can get it. It's kind of funny because we can kind of get 
anything and everything. But then I hear from clients where they have sometimes yeah. have a hard time getting things and like, well, I don't know if my anniversary. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Well, Skip, like you've said, you're <laughs> a professional drug user. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. And when you've been a professional drug user for 20 years, you know where to get for good a very drugs, long time, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I, you guys, um, you agree with the, you know, the hundred to yeah. the hundred testosterone to fifty. I think you're going to be pretty good with that. It could probably go a little bit lower, but God, it's an easy. Uh, I, I don't. You know what I hate is when people are like, I hate when people ask like, what What are the exact ratios? And it's like, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Like, like, like I can tell you, like, okay, if someone was like, hey, I want to add Masteron to my 300 milligrams of TRT, I would say, okay, 100 milligrams Monday, Wednesday, Friday of test, 50 milligrams of of Masteron Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That that'd be a right. good place to start. Um, but I might also go as high depending on what we're seeing. Okay, let's go to 75 or let's go to 100 even. Let's go one to one ratio. But I just don't, I hate like when someone's like, what's the ratio of test to EQ or what's the ratio of, it's like, I don't know, because I've seen so many different things with myself, with other people with that I can't give a clear answer on that. But I do, I don't think you'd be wrong in this case by saying use half, which I guess is a one to two ratio, use half of yeah. Masteron of what you do on your test. I don't think you'd be going wrong there. But at the same time, I've seen, I've done say 200 milligrams of tests with people and gone, you know, as high as, you know, maybe 300 Masteron. So yeah, I call that more like TRT plus. I think the only thing that you have to watch is uh, when doing the roughly 100 to 50 milligram, uh, you know, test of Masteron twice a week. People who don't run very high on their estrogen on TRT might yeah. find that their estrogen levels are a little bit low. So it's one of those things that you do want to do, which I guess comes back to he was asking if there were other benefits than the SHBG being lowered. And that is it does have mild, you know, anti-estrogen properties, too. So it just it, everybody reacts differently to it. It may not impact someone's estrogen very much while someone else it may drop it to the point where their sex drive goes in the toilet and i don't i shouldn't laugh because that's not funny but i don't know it's kind of funny <laughs> so yeah i don't think it would suck if your sex drive went in the toilet but if your sex drive goes in the toilet on trt then and you're running mastron then you probably would want to back off on it yeah. or go to proviron all right let's wrap well, it i always tell people these. too well one more thing you yeah because people think that like that we would have this like master knowledge of like a cycle, but like there's so much individuality. Right. And yeah. so what I tell people like best case scenario, we switch up your pro protocol to whatever that change we made. Maybe we're, we increase or we decrease the master on go get labs done in two weeks. And then we can see on paper exactly what's going on. Now, a lot of people yeah. aren't like, well, man, I went, I went two weeks ago. I don't want to go again in two weeks. Okay. Then we're just, we're going to use your feedback and try to come up with the best solution here for situations like that. Yeah. All right, let's rapid fire some of these. Leslie posted this week, uh, last time we missed it. She says, uh, I'm 54 years young in women's physique, just under six weeks out from my next show. So I added cardio and lower carbs. My sleep is lower and not always in, a, in deep stages of sleep uh, than in my off season, which is to be expected. So I try to take 20 to 30 minute naps when my schedule permits. I also take GABA, magnesium, and zinc. Puts um, put sleep aids aside for the moment. Um, have you ever have there ever been studies done 
um, on the minimum amount of total sleep in a day bodybuilders in prep can get away with and still have muscle repair in more shallow stages of sleep? Or do you have any knowledge from personal and or clients who are competitive uh, athletes experience on rest and muscle recovery? Thanks in advance, guys. Does anybody There's sleep not gonna be any well five weeks out? God, no, no. That's and, I mean. and there's not going to be any it's, studies on competitive bodybuilders and their sleep to right. like, that's just not a, but there are that's studied, but there are studies that have shown that the leaner you are, the less sleep yep. is that is required. And yeah. I think that's important. And a lot of people don't know that I've, I've talked about it and I've tried to put it out there as much as I can, but I still come across a lot of people who don't know that essentially what is happening is the leaner you get, the more efficient your body like your bodily functions or your body processes are when you sleep. It's almost as if saying that when you're leaner, your body can get through all the things that are required for recovery quicker than when you're fat. You guys know too. I mean, when you're heavy in an off season, you sleep for 10 hours and you're like, Oh my God, I feel like I need to sleep another 10 hours. You're the Mm -hmm. system, the body systems are not as efficient when we carry higher levels of body fat. And that's Linus apparently who wants some attention. Uh, but that that's the only studies that I can think of. Again, it comes back to what you were saying on the last, and it's a good point, on the last question, and it's just so individual. It's no. You're just not going to have good sleep at five weeks out, and it's going to suck, and you're going to be tired. I mean, she's getting naps, trying to take GABA. Um, you do want as much deep sleep and REM sleep as you can get, but, I mean, I know I look at my Fitbit, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to fucking look at it anymore because yeah. now that I'm getting so lean, it just looks horrible. I'll have 50, 55 scores that say, oh, that's poor. And I'm like, you know what? I feel good. I'm training. I'm getting leaner, so fuck it. It just is what it is. I think it goes back even more to early man. Like you, you're not eating as much as your body wants. So your body's simply saying through circadian rhythms, through um, you know, prehistoric hormones. Let's call it that, just for lack of a better term. Get up and go get me some food. Like we need to feed myself. You know. Did you get that from me? Because I am the only person I've ever heard say that. We think no, a lot of the not. same shit. You know that? Like yeah. you've said other stuff. I've been and I'm saying like, that for years. Me too. Well, it's the same reason. It's the same reason why fertility goes down. It's not just the calories in calories. Yeah. It's yeah. your body saying you're not feeding me. That's why yeah. sex right. drive goes down. Fertility goes. Your body's saying stop wasting time on these non-essential things for me. Yeah. Sleep being one of them in, in a sense. It thinks you're go dying. Go eat food. Go. And that go hunt, doesn't go. mean that you have to necessarily be hungry or starving either. Because I know myself. Oh, no. I am rarely yeah, yeah. hungry. Like it's not yeah. like I have hunger pains while I'm sleeping and I can't sleep. Yep. I'm content. I'm not hungry. I just can't fucking sleep. It's fat cells, adiponectin, leptin, all these other hormones that are saying, man, like talking to your brain. You know, I did I did work studies in this back almost 20 years ago in college. You guys ever heard of the arcuate nucleus? No. It's no. part of your, it's a tiny little pinpoint thing where all your control centers like CART, cocaine and amphetamine related transcript, um, your endocannabinoid receptors, um, uh, ghrelin, like all these other uh, uh, orexigenic and anorectic hormones act on it. It's like your satiety and your um, pleasure and your fear center kind of all in one. And it kind of controls a lot of the other parts of your brain, which then control other parts of your body, like 
like your hypothalamus controlling your thyroid gland, et cetera. It's, it, it's some pretty fascinating stuff if you really dive into it. I had, I had a really good nutritional biochemistry teacher that who was into bodybuilding in a sense, and he would kind of share some of this stuff with us. But if you're ever, you know, bored, like we all have time to be bored, look up the arcuate nucleus sometime and appetite, sex drive, all these other things. And some really cool articles will come up on PubMed. I always thought it was like a little man in my head who was pressing buttons. Kind of is. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? (laughs) That's like, okay, what I do is that I tell people about this. I'm like, there's a guy in a command center and he has all these little shoots and he's getting all these messages all at once and he's hitting these levers and buttons at the same time that that, that's what the body's doing. You know, I've never had anybody else ever say that, Andrew. That's why I ask because I've said it on different shows that that's because I've always thought that, yeah, it's like when we're getting hungry, our body, it's like so much of what we do with dieting is kind of related to like our 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 caveman self like if if we're holding water it's because our body thinks we need to (laughs) you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like all of these things go back to you know our our ancient self so that's cool i just had to google something um and i was wrong i'm actually pretty good with words usually but i Mm -hmm. thought i busted andrew when he said satiety because i'm Mm -hmm. like that's that didn't say satiety no check this out i think Uh i'm thinking it's satiety i'm like I look it up and I'm like, wait a minute, what about satiate? It's the same thing, but it, you you said it right. I'm like, I'll be goddamn. I don't know how many times I have said I have said it wrong. Oh shit! So I just learned something. So you guys are going back and forth. I wasn't paying attention. I was googling. I'm like, oh my god, he's right. So it's some advanced coaching stuff. You can watch the podcast tomorrow and get caught up. <laughs> Just a really bad day for me, apparently. <laughs> All right, let's keep rapid firing. This is going great. <laughs> Question for the next show. So Skip uses the example of nursing, twelve hour, uh, working a 12-hour shift, not needing to do more cardio. Is uh, he only talking about uh, working days because most of them only work three days a week? Yeah, last week we had said we talked about um, taking into account somebody's work. So, like, if they're sitting at a yeah. desk, they're probably going to need more cardio than a nurse that's going to be on their feet all day. That, that well, was I was just clarifying that, it, that I didn't say that they don't need to do cardio. All I was saying that someone who is active versus someone who is sedentary – the person who's acting active is getting more neat and they're just burning more calories than the sedentary person. So they likely, and I don't want to say that likely they may not need the amount of cardio that the other person needs right. who is active all the time. So if he's saying that someone works three days a week, I mean, it depends there again, it depends on metabolism and it depends. I would go first. And I usually do this with clients if they're very active. And he used my example of, you know, 12 hour shifts as a nurse, I'm not giving you any cardio to start. I want to see yeah. how you're going to react to your yeah. already set amount of neat with your actives Same. on your feet work. And we'll see how the diet goes for a week or two. And if we need to add cardio or we need to make a diet adjustment, then we'll go from there and, and we'll tweak it from there. That was a lot of head movement. I, I apologize. I was very I angry. Well, well, look at all of us because we've all had jobs outside of coaching in the past, right? <clears throat> yeah. And there's no de- – like I was a personal trainer, training 10 people a day. You know, Skip, I, I think you said you were a trainer at one point. Scott, you worked for the pop company. Yes. And, uh, the there's no company. doubt if we were if if we were to wear a pedometer, Pop. our steps would be three, four times what we get today, not counting the, the the concerted effort to go and get steps by planning our walks or cardio. Right. I mean, right. I think I would get 
12 to 15,000 steps a day at work when I used to train people. And now if I didn't plan my walks, I would get maybe 2000. And I know that from yeah. looking at pedometers. So pop, that's the point he was trying to make. He wasn't, yeah, I'm just fucking with you. That's the point Skip was trying to make. He wasn't saying that the nurse, this particular nurse who works three 12 hour shifts needs or doesn't need cardio. He was just trying to use the example of some professions. You're doing a lot more movement than other right. professions. I was just giving Rob Taylor some shit because he said, Scott always brings up the working at the pop company. <laughs> so anyway, we got another one here. Uh, question for Is he listening show. now? No, that was a comment. On, comment? That was a comment on YouTube oh, in the last that. episode. Uh, question. One of many comments. Thanks for your contributions. Yeah. Uh, numerous, numerous contributions. Question for the next show. What tips do you have for guys healing a rotator cuff? Uh, using BPC TB 500. Um, but what can I do in the gym to help the recovery process need it healed before my big off season push can start? So I, I asked him, um, do you know what's actually wrong with it? Have you had imaging? And he said, I haven't done any imaging for the shoulder, uh, but I got it done when I tore my labrum uh, on the other one a few years back at a concert, and it feels exactly the same way that did. So I will just throw out to him, too, that you can get ultrasound done for very cheap that can detect tears in your shoulders, and I've had that done on both of my shoulders. It's like the the like, and you don't need a prior authorization, so... Uh, you, they will want you to get x-rays first because that's always the process if you're doing it through insurance, which is going to tell yeah. you nothing. But then the, the, the it's like $300, I believe, before insurance. So it's a lot easier to, to deal with that bill versus dealing with an MRI. And you can get it done like same day, basically. So and It's just a prerequisite by the insurance company to make sure that you get enough radiation <laughs> right. that you don't need prior right. to getting well, the MRI. It's also keep yeah, the cost of healthcare dumb. sky high so yeah. that we're all miserable, pain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it maybe you ever you gone to go get to an, doctor. an x-ray and it's told you something? Because it's never told me shit other than, okay, now it's you a good need point. an MRI. No shit. I'm only when, I, only I'm when I knew that I broke my wrist. Like, right. When I knew, I'm like, yeah. exactly. I can't if grab it's it. Bone, like, it's yeah. broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last time I paid out of pocket for an MRI just to skip the, because MRIs really yeah. aren't that expensive anymore. I was actually kind of impressed. 900 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, I don't even think I paid that. I think I paid six or seven, but yeah, they're, I mean, to get an MRI over a thousand dollars is pretty hard to do these days. They're getting competitive. Anyway, I've seen. Yeah. They, like they have companies yeah. that just do it. That's yeah. Exactly. My first advice. Um, my first advice, the, this guy would literally, what'd you do for the other side? If it feels exactly the same, what'd you do for that for therapy? Um, secondly, I'd go see a PT. Uh, you, you know, none of us are physical therapists, but I could show you what I've done, but it might not be the exact same injury or might be torn in a different spot. So I might be telling you to do something that, is actually going to hurt your recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I just came off of some minor uh, rotator cuff issues over the last, I'd say it's about three or four months ago and I let it go and then it kept bothering me. So I started doing some really minor, very basic rudimentary exercises with the cable and I still do them every day prior to chest. And all I have to do is get blood in there and it literally pumps my rotator cuff muscles a little. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, I wonder if there's something to this. Like maybe I could build the size of my rotator cuff muscles. This would be kind of cool, but I don't what know are you if you can do that. So, like internal um, external there, rotations well, or? Yeah, it, essentially I use cables and I go, yeah. let's see, where are my hands? I go like this and pull yeah, out. And it's funny, it's oh, yeah. always stiff at first yeah, until I can get in. And then after 15, 20 reps, it's out there. There's no, it's just mild irritation yeah. though. And then I do this one. 
where I go like this and I pull, but I put the cable far yeah. away from me. So it's not pulling straight yeah. down. Anyway, yeah. I do this probably like three sets of each and literally it feels great. But my situation is very, very minor because I was kind of proactive in the sense that I didn't want it to get bad. Yeah. I don't know Brandon's situation. So if it's minor, he could try things similar to that. And if you try them and they're really fucking painful, and then Don't you know them. you got a, a bigger yeah you got a bigger problem and you better see someone right away which truth be told you should probably see somebody anyway to get some kind of di diagnosis and a pt would probably be a very good idea what i found with my shoulders is that um so i i tore the supraspinatus on the right side uh, a couple yeah. years ago now and it wasn't a complete rupture thankfully and i was able to rehab it um, I, I made a post about getting my, uh, and, and I actually, I had the, the, the imaging I had done was, um, uh, ultrasound and they were able to read it completely. Like I said, uh, anyway, I made a post about that and Dante had reached out to me and he was like, look, don't go. Cause I was like, Hey, I guess I got to beef up on my joint supplements from this point. And I'm thinking glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, right? And uh, he was like, no, those things don't actually repair connective tissue. And that's when I got turned on to hydrolyzed beef collagen. True Nutrition has that. I use the unflavored. Mm -hmm. I put it right in my coffee, 29 grams, you know, first thing in the morning. It basically, that's 29 grams of protein too. It is completely protein if you eat another meal with it because, it, you know, it's not perfect protein on its own. But right. you'll get all the aminos you need if you have some eggs after that. Anyway. Um, I started using that. So that covers type one and type three collagen. Type two collagen is a thing of its own. Uh, they, there's undenatured type two collagen. You can get a product from like Now Foods. They sell that on its own. Or True Nutrition also has uh, uh, J-Flex, which contains that. Plus it has, it, and here's the thing, it's it's not cheap. I'm not using this as a sales you know, pitch, but I will say that it does have like 400 milligrams of really high quality curcumin. It has a bunch of other really good stuff. Plus the things that do buffer your, your joints, like the glucosamine chondroitin, all that. So you end up, if you tried to buy everything in it, it would be a lot more money. Anyway, I, I'm not on that all the time, but I do use the collagen all the time. And I discovered that a big deal for me was it's not just the shoulder itself. It's all the structures that that connect and support the shoulder. So for me, a lot of my shoulder issues come from tight pecs. So I'm sitting at my desk here all day. Pecs are getting pulled in. You know, look at you can st if you stand up and your hand turns in like this. You know, like all bodybuilders, we're all like this. That tells us yeah. that your pecs are tight. You know, and that's something we can mm -hmm. we can do. And if he wants to, I made a video that I just share with clients. I don't have it like publicly on YouTube, but I could send him the link of of using the Theragun and being able to really get in there and then get to Pec Minor because Pec Minor is what really fucks that shoulder up. And being able to get in there and, and dig that out and then getting into stretches for the pec, into the lat, because all of that stuff is those are the supporting structures that go to the shoulder. That's the reason that, the, that my shoulders, I can't speak for everyone, but that was the reason my shoulders had issues. So that was my, which could be an argument of training your pec minor um, with pullovers too. That might actually <laughs> help to support the structure. Stretch. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking out loud, but really uh, as far as helping the structure of the shoulder, it's been argued. I I've heard before, and I don't know how true it is that pullovers are very good for, and it's funny because I lie when I was laying out in the sun, yeah, 
this is a couple months ago. I couldn't put my hands over my head in a pullover motion without it hurting my shoulder, my right shoulder, which is the shoulder that's been bothering me. Huh. I'm like, oh shit, I should probably be doing pullovers. That might actually help. So I went back to using them. Maybe that's helped. Hell, I don't know. All right. We got another cardio question, I think, here. This is uh, kind of. This is my question for the next show. Recently started a job where I walk 10K steps more per day. Currently on a maintenance phase. How much calories do would you eat to compensate for the extra movement? Thanks, guys. I'd say probably about three plates of French toast, but that's just because I like French toast. I don't yeah. know what you guys think. 10,000, I mean, as far as calories... Look, if I do my uh, my walks and I keep 100, 110 heartbeat, it's probably 100. I think it, it, the, the my Fitbit tells me that it's about 600, 650 calories. I don't, you can't count on those or rely on those, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe those. it's in that five to 700. I know. I, I just figured it'd be yeah. my best guess to say it might be five or 700 calories, but shit, you got to just, you got to find a number, start there and see what happens with your weight and see if you're progressing in the gym. And you know, the, every single one of these answers for training, well, not all, not every single one, but a large percentage of them really come down to assess doing something and then assessing it, evaluating yep. it and then adjusting it. I mean, it's just, Agreed. I'm not trying to say, don't ask us questions that I, I appreciate the questions and I like talking about this stuff, but a lot of this stuff is just doing something it's picking a number and just starting there and and assessing and evaluating from there and then adjusting agreed well wouldn't you say i mean that's what we do all day right guys? right right we have individual situations like this with clients that we're trying to reach goals with and like we don't have some master number in our head of let's say this question okay this guy weighs 220 he's doing ten thousand steps we don't have some master calculator that says okay you need to give him 559 new calories every day to maintain right it's literally we're doing exactly what skip said we're going to start with something and we're going to monitor the next week. Okay. Where you're at. Oh, you're still losing. Okay. Let's bump it up another 250 calories or whatever it might be. And we're going to go from there. And it's really just take a step, monitor and assess, take a step, monitor and assess and keep making changes as needed. Would you guys preemptively add calories out the gate when he said, Hey, I got this new job. I've got 10,000 more steps per day. Or would you wait and see because I feel like that's a more interesting question to me. I think you could go that's both ways because you could see what yeah. kind of uh, what kind of impact that has. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about this. Let's let's just say, okay, you lose a pound, you lose a pound a week for four weeks, but you're leaner and you're getting stronger. I'm not changing. And you're shit. more insulin sensitive. The fact that you exactly you've gotten rid of four pounds of body fat, <laughs> you're, and you're getting stronger. I mean, yeah. does it get any better than getting leaner and getting stronger? I don't know. <laughs> with, with with such low impact quote unquote cardio, right? Yeah. That's not gonna affect his recovery, not gonna affect, you know, soreness or anything like that. I right. I mean and also let's let's add another little caveat. What if this is a client where like before this he had a job and you're like, hey, I want to increase I want you to add a walk in every day because you have a sedentary job. Yeah. And he wasn't meeting that goal. Well, okay, well now he's actually doing what you want him to do by getting those ten thousand steps without having to yeah. technically write it into his plan to go get a walk in. Or you know what you bring up, Andrew, is maybe let's say he was that guy and he was doing the walk. Maybe we cut that walk out now, you know, right? Exactly. 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 Let me let so me add so something too. And that was my walk is straight and I try to keep that heart rate at around a hundred, even though it's not I'm not forcing the pace or anything. He's not doing that. He's 
he's getting 10,000 steps over the course of what could be an eight hour shift. It's yeah. probably far less. And even though my walk isn't terribly intense, it's far less intense than my walk. So even those initial numbers that I said that I see on my Fitbit, even though I question those, it would be significantly less than that. You make a good point. I would probably start with not doing anything at all. Yeah. Let me come back to, I, I think this is important. I want to come back to the thing we were talking about, about the um, making the adjustments. I really think that the, that the mark of a good, never, let's just say it this way. Don't judge a trainer by an initial plan. Yeah. Judge a trainer based on how they assess and how they adjust and, and make adjustments moving forward. Because I think initial plans are, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a shot in the dark. We're probably all pretty good at getting very close with the initial, but it's the adjustments make a good coach, not the initial plan. And that's why you can't ever take 100%. an initial plan and run with it and, and think you can do something with it and progress over the next two or three months. Yeah. hundred percent. It's also why I'm very, uh, very hesitant ever to criticize when yes. someone says, Oh, I'm working with so-and-so and they gave me a, a plan that looked almost identical to my other friend that started with him that same week. And I'm like, so like, you got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the right. magic is what the coach does with the changes based off your feedback. Like yeah. no oh. one has a patent over chicken and rice, right. For writing it in plans. <laughs> like we all use, you know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, they put chicken and rice on your plan. No shit. Like we all do, you know, because they're <laughs> right. clean bodybuilding foods. They're easy to measure. They're fairly easy to get down, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, I, so I, I do think, you know, sometimes you hear criticism about coaches, like, you know, cut and paste coaches or something like that. I, I hear the term a lot. Okay, well, they have to start you with something, and they took your information. Maybe you're roughly the same weight as your friend, roughly the same age, roughly the same you know body mass and everything. So yeah, you, you've got a very similar plan to someone else. It's what they do with it with you as you continue on. Absolutely, I've said I have one analogy when people want to know like what we're going to do, and I'll say that I you know like I could tell you uh, how to get to the mall or how to get to the airport, but I can't tell you what lanes we're going to take until we get yep. the, you know, till we get on the road. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the lanes, exactly. you know, it's all about how you yep. drive. Don't know where the traffic is on this one. If we're going to yeah. take a right turn and make a shortcut on the whatever street, yeah, you know, for sure. And, and too, you know what? I try to be good about like, I try to educate my people a lot of times along the way and tell them, Hey, we're going to do this because of this. I can't mm. always do that though. And sometimes I have to let people know that. Cause it's like, well, why did you change lanes right before that intersection? Sometimes you don't even <laughs> think about it. You just know well, intuitively it would have been a better idea to get over. You know what I mean? Well, how many times have you made a change and someone's like, well, why did we do this? And you're like, I don't know. I want to see what happened. Yeah. Chris yeah. Aceto. I have no exactly. problem saying, I wanted yeah. to see what would happen. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to see how your body responded. And if it's mm -hmm. positive, we're going to do more of that. Yeah. If it's, I mean, it's kind of deducing coaching down to like, individual decisions and then just doing more of it or doing less yeah. or going a different direction. It's, it's as simple as that. The I mean, art is reading it that, guys, but you know, exactly, exactly. All right. We've got a few more here. Um, this guy, he has always has really good feedback, but his name is butt munch Jerry. I just, I have a hard time taking that name seriously. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, great answers. He says, great answers for the underrated supplement section. I agree with Skip. Skip likes him even more now on the yeah. Boswalla. Um, uh, same with rebuying it after running out too. LOL. I started taking it a while back after Dante recommended it and I found it made a huge difference with my shoulder pains. Definitely not a cure or anything, but it helps to calm down the pain. Well, good for the actual, for an actual over the counter supplement that is not an NSAID. Um, 
let's see. And I think he had a question here, was it? Uh, no, he just liked oh, you, the and, next you and Skip's recommendations. Okay. He didn't like mine. <laughs> we did get somebody who said that yours was great, though, Andrew. Uh, th- there was a question connected to it, though. Uh, Nicholas said, <laughs> is there a type of Boswala that one should look for and a dosage slash range? You know, it's a funny thing. I don't know if I want to answer this because I might have to defer to Andrew because he's so damn good with the details and the minutia of these supplements. He's the one that got me to look at the uh, – did you see my text to you guys about the uh, ashwagandha? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sonata yes. or Sedona? I can't yeah, remember uh, what the hell the name uh, of it is. No, Shodan. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but that, I ended that, up there, getting that. That's a that. particular patented one. I'm interested to see how you do with that because I don't think I've – I think there's a little bit of that in one of the supplements I take, but uh, I've never just used that as a standalone to try to see if I see a difference. Whereas with the KSM and the um, sensor roll, I have done done that with. So. Now, it's not a but standalone no, but it's, because I take other things, but it, I can say this. I take the exact same shit, and I just changed the ashwagandha la- late last yeah. week or middle of last week. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm forward. curious to hear. Keep us posted because I think a lot of people who watch would be interested in that too. Cool. Yeah. So, so as far as the Boswellia, Boswellia. yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you okay? You turn. Then me I'm going to go with what kidding. I use. Oh, okay, cool. Then I'm going to go because I don't know if there are different. Um, what do I want to say? Like not patented. qualities, but different. Yeah, if there's, there's usually patented blends, like you know, like curcumin will have like BCM ninety five, yeah, and then like ashragon. They're they're usually like two or three letters, and then like a number. Um, I used to know why they, they did it that way. But, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything on Buzzwell that uh, is a patented form, I guess I should say. There probably is one, though. I'm then what I'm using is 800 milligrams twice a day, and I take it like clockwork just because it, for the same reason this guy said, he can notice when he's not taking it or when, when he runs out, and so can I. Uh, but he also made a good point, too, that it's not this – cure-all that makes oh now my shoulders don't hurt or oh now my knees don't hurt but it makes such a it has such a significant impact that you can tell and the one problem i have with otc supplements and why i'm not big on otc supplements is if i can't tell and i know you guys are going to be like you got to be shitting me but if i cannot tell that i when i use an otc supplement if i can't tell the difference i'm not fucking using it I don't care if it says on paper that okay. it's going to do this or that. Now, there are health situations. Did you already tell us the dose? That, uh, yeah, 800, 800. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He did say it. He did. did he? No, okay. he did say it. Yeah, okay. I did say yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I just wait, got wait, lost because so I just heard so much. My head's hurting. All this. Oh, you, what nice. If, okay. What I about you. things that are. <laughs> What about things to increase like HDL cholesterol? Like you're not going to feel that. Right. Things. No, no, no. I agree with that. I'm talking about from a performance standpoint that are like pain related or like pre-workout or anything like that. I always laugh at the beta alanine because everybody buys that shit primarily because they feel it. Like, oh my God, I feel it. It must work. That's why it's so goddamn successful. I don't do, I don't use things like that unless I can tell if if, that I can tell a difference unless they're steroids. You can use steroids, but even then, (laughs) those work real good. But 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 even with your, your example, you can look at a blood, you can look at your blood work to tell if it's, if it's helping or not. True. True. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. This one's for Andrew. Comfy sweats says Andrew's walking tip is extremely underrated. 
This for you. She said, uh, I find working from home, it is crazy how just uh, sneaking in steps, like pacing as I brush my teeth, all add up. Wow, that's pretty hardcore. Pacing while you brush your teeth. I've heard, I've had some people, they do this. They they go up and down the stairs twice every time they need to go upstairs. So they go up to the top of the stairs, they go back down, they go back up. And then they do whatever they're going to do upstairs. My office is in the basement and I do that, but not on purpose just because when I go up, you know, I forget my phone and then I forgot my phone. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot my drink. Exactly. Exactly. Comfy sweats is a listener of our show. She's a client of Victoria's and, uh, very cool. She listens on audio, but she comes to YouTube to support the algorithm. Isn't that nice of her? Yeah. All right, what else? Out of curiosity, why do some people listen on the audio and not just run YouTube and like listen to it? You can't close your phone, you know, unless you have the premium version. So you have to have, yeah, yeah. Or I guess while you're in your car, because you wouldn't put, I don't know, it's harder to put YouTube on when you're in your car, right? I I do it. Like, don't, Uh, not, not, you know, I just, I'm not saying I I watch YouTube. I got friends that are cops that watch full movies while they're driving. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's okay. They're cops. They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not even making that up one bit. That's crazy. Okay. There was one other question about the – here it is. Supplement question from Josh. He says, what brand of KSM 66 would you suggest and what dose of KSM 66 would you use during an off-season uh, compared to prep. Well, so the thing is about KSM 66 is it's a patented formula that several, like any company out there can purchase directly from the company that owns the patent to that. So basically find whatever brand is cheapest that uh, has the certified, you know, KSM 66 on it. You know, it, that's, there's not a difference in the case. KSM 66 is standardized, whether it's in Swanson's bottles or whether it's in yeah. now's bottles or whoever else makes uh, supplements. But in terms of dosage, um, would you use for an off season compared to a prep? Well, here's the thing off season, your stress is typically a little lower, you know, compared to a prep where you're, you know, polypharmacy of drugs, you are getting less sleep. You are doing X teen amount of hours of cardio. Your, your training is locked in. Um, you're not skipping training, et cetera. Um, but you know, in some cases, I don't even think people need it in the off season. Um, I get probably maybe 600 milligrams a day just because it's in some of the other products I take, but pre pre contest phase, you know, I wouldn't just automatically throw it in just because, but I do think you will see a benefit at a certain point. If you add in something like 600 milligrams twice a day, um, you know, I've gone as high as uh, 3000 milligrams with some people and, and, and we're talking people that have been like at a stand still in terms of their weight's not dropping, their composition's not moving. We've tried pulling calories. That's not working. I'll actually have them pull back a little bit and we'll bump the uh, KSM up to like a thousand milligrams three times a day, pull their cardio out. Now one could argue is the, is what's helping them deloading slightly, or is it the actual KSM? I think it's both. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my take on it. Okay, my Shodan dosages are only 120 milligrams. Really? God damn, yeah. Oh, no, 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 of, of Shodan though. Yeah. Okay, so that's a different patented formula. So so they're, okay. they're extract, they've, they have a different extract than 
the KSM 66. So that probably tells me that it is. Okay. More I thought you were saying they were all the same. I was like, oh shit. No, no, no. KSM the across shit. the board is. So, okay. So you have ashwagandha, right? As a, as a plant, as a root plant, right? So some supplements will have 2,000 milligrams of ashwagandha root powder, right? Well, you mm-hmm. might be getting a very small percentage of what would actually be in just the KSM 66 of the active ingredient. Right, because it's just the root powder, whereas the right. KSM sixty six is a very patented form of that plant. Whereas the Shodan and the Sensoral are other patented versions of that plant. Uh, okay. Whoa. So, th- so don't worry uh, about the milligrams. Don't worry about the one twenty okay. versus. Then I totally because I was like, oh shit, they must. I thought they were all the same. No, 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 and I, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. Okay, that's okay. No, <laughs> that's why we're interested to see if you see benefits with the yeah. um, the Shodan versus you know, say KSM sixty six. Right. What does that say? Side, Side stream, stream ashwagandha intake should be sufficient. I don't even know what that means. I don't Please either. elaborate, Scott. You know, I, try, uh, I, I thought maybe you had an inside joke with him, Scott. No, no. Dave Crossland has a good name for Scott Stevenson. He calls him Clever Scott. <laughs> Versus well, me. What does he call you? A lot of names that I can't use on this channel. Yeah, I've, heard, I've, exactly. I've heard some of those names. I've heard some of those names. He also <laughs> says, oh, about uh, getting extra uh, steps in and stuff. He said, uh, what is this one? He says, uh, 10 body weight squats between pounds. every wipe. <laughs> that, well, for most bodybuilders in the offseason, that's a lot of steps. That's, yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's excessive. All right. Yeah. That is all we have, guys. This is a good episode. A lot of good stuff on this. And uh, I appreciate you guys. I mean that. I, I appreciate having this opportunity to talk to two people that I highly respect in this industry. Same. That uh, you guys are sitting at your computers doing the same thing that I'm doing. And, uh, you know, you guys, like I said, you're two people that I highly respect. So I'm grateful to have this chance that we can all kind of like. to you. Sit, sit back and, and spitball a bunch of bullshit for a couple hours. Very cool. Right back the f- I enjoy yeah, it. The I always beautiful. enjoy it. And uh, everybody watching, we appreciate you guys too. Leave us questions for the next episode. If I didn't get to your question, if I missed it, uh, you know, comment again with your question. We'd love to be able to take everything you guys leave us. What is the, uh, I imagine that's good. Side stream smoke. Uh, what is that? Like, what is like that if mean? you're, like if you're, if you're smoking something and it has a little oh, bit of ashwagandha. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, actually, that, that might be a ganja. pretty cool new product someday. Like Weed with like ashwagandha a, in it? A, a complete chill blend with, yeah, with a little bit of <laughs> THC, a little bit of ashwagandha, maybe some mushrooms in there. Uh, yeah. Talk about cordyceps, cordyceps and, uh, and lion's mane and all that good stuff. That would be, those would actually <laughs> probably sell. We I'm, should, I'm uh, sure it would. Shot. We should talk about maybe uh, forming a company here. You got to be able to like vape it though, or something. No actual burning. You know what I mean? It's got to be healthier for the lungs. Yeah, no, you could no do carcinogens. That. Yeah, Scott Scott Stevenson could. He's a doctor. He's already done he it. He already knows how to do that shit. I'm sure they taught him He's that. Doctor school. <laughs> He's laughing that I said that. Cool. I'm sure. All right, guys, check out our sponsors, TrueNutrition.com. You can check out their uh, uh, what? What was I going to say? Their um, uh, see, I get off. I get off of. I, I get off of my my little my little spiel here. I was going to say, check out their um, beef collagen. Why couldn't I not think of that word, beef collagen? That I just talked about a little bit. Uh, hydrolyzed. That was the word I got hung up on. Hydro. I was going to say, like for some reason, I was going to say BCAAs. Check out their BCAAs. 
<laughs> Check out their hydrolyzed beef collagen. Of course, uh, use our code THINK, get some additional savings, support the programming. For those of you in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. Also, too, if you're in the UK, check out, um, I believe it's called uh, Joint Max. They have a good uh, joint formula from Strom Sports. And uh, tell them that I said hello. Give them a kiss and a hug for me. And, of course, uh, thank you guys, everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. If you guys want to get some coaching, you can reach out to Skip at TeamSkip.com. Reach out to Andrew at BodyBerry.com. Hit me up over at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. That's an email address. And, of course, guys, uh, like I said, leave us questions, all of that. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Cool. Oh.